We are FBC Summit, leading everyday people to love Jesus and make Him known. Thank you so much for joining us today. Here's our pastor, Dr. Larry LeBlanc. And so this morning, we're going to discover just how God desires for us to do that. Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. Colossians 1, 9 to 14. As you are turning there this morning, as you know, today is New Year's, which means the last night was New Year's Eve. So I'm just curious this morning. How many of you saw the new year in? You actually stayed up till midnight. You saw the new year in. I'm right. I saw the new year in. Me, one. Boy, y'all are pitiful. I mean, absolutely pitiful. There are four people in here that saw, saw the new year in, right? Okay. Uh, um, yeah, so, so we saw it in last night. We, we, we looked up. And, I mean, I didn't see it in by much, but, but I waited till 12 o'clock. I kissed my wife and went to bed. I, that's what, at 12 o'clock last night, here came 23. And one of the reasons I stayed up is because I'm excited about 23. I am excited about what God's going to do in my life, what God's going to do in your life, what God's going to do in this church's life. I'm excited. And as we talk about the coming new year, um, really, we need to ask three essential questions. You can ask this about yourself individually, but we're applying it mainly to our church family today. And, and here are the three questions that we have to ask. Every church needs to ask this question. Every individual needs to ask this question about themselves. The first one is this. Who are we? Who are we? Who are we as a church? Who are you as an individual? Who are we? Got to be able to define ourselves. Number two. Why are we here? Why are we here? Who are we and why are we here? Why do we exist? Why do we exist as individuals? Why do we exist as a church? And then the third question is this, where are we going? Where are we going? Who are we? Why are we here? And where are we going? We've got to be willing to know and talk about those things. And so today, uh, I like to take the first Sunday of every year, and I call it the State of the Church Address, to talk about where we've been in 22 and where we're going in 23. I ask you to turn in Colossians. Paul makes a prayer for the Colossians and a statement of hope for the Colossians. And, and reading through the New Testament over this past year, I highlighted this passage because it jumped out at me as how I so often think about you as a church. How so often when my mind goes to who you are as a people and what God's done in you, I couldn't think of a better passage that describes what I've seen God do in and through you in 22 and the years before that. And so I want us to celebrate together by reading God's Word and think about it as we read together what God has done in your life individually in 22 and even before that and what God has done in this church family's life as well. Let's stand together as we read Colossians chapter 1. I'll begin in verse 9. You're going to notice the, the opening phrase. He says, for this reason. If you were to read verses 3 through 8, he's talking about what the gospel has done in their life. 
For this reason, because of what the gospel has done in your life, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the kingdom in the, of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's a mouthful. What a powerful passage. My prayer today is this describes who we are and that it describes where we are going. Let's pray together. God, we come before you now, and Lord, we ask that just as Paul's hope and prayer for the Colossians was that they be a people that would expect great things from God and attempt great things for you, God, that we would be that kind of people as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. You see the big idea on the screen. It's one of my favorite quotes. William Carey University, just down the road, in Hattiesburg, uh, often called the founder of modern missions, a man by the name of William Carey. That obviously, the university is named after him. One of the most famous quotes that William Carey ever gave was what you see on the, on the screen, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. I think if we as a people do that, if we as individuals do that, then we are going to see God do some incredible things because we have every reason to expect him to do great things. And if we believe he is God and we believe he has gifted us with the Holy Spirit and equipped us with his word and with the family of believers, why would we not attempt great things for him? In this passage, some things that really jump off the page is that, that Paul comes to them and, and at first he tells them that one of the things that he is so excited about and praying for is that God's will, that, God, that they would know God's will through wisdom and understanding. That's what he asked. We've not stopped praying that, God, that you would see God's will and that you would experience to fill the knowledge of his will through all spiritual understanding. But he doesn't just pray that they would know God's will through wisdom and understanding. He also prays, verse 10, that in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. What a great word. What a great word. If, if I made my resolution for 2023 just that phrase, that I want to live a life worthy of the Lord, worthy of the calling I have received, worthy of the gospel. But he doesn't just stop there. Look at, look at verse 11. That being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Be strong in endurance and patience and joy. When we live a life worthy of the Lord, we find ourselves being able to have this strength, this strength that's given us because of the wisdom and the understanding that God's Spirit has given us through His Word. And then finally, He says, I'm giving thanks to the Father, Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. 
Be thankful for what the gospel has done in your life. If you aren't going to do anything else this year, if you're not going to make any other resolutions, how about this for a resolution? That this year I'm going to be more thankful for what the gospel did in my life. This year I'm going to be more thankful that my sins have been forgiven. This year I'm going to be more thankful for Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. This year I'm going to thank God more. I'm going to spend more time thinking about the blessings I have in Christ than I am all the deficiencies I have in every, every other area of my life. And so Paul sets this up for the Colossian church and he sets it up for us as well. And what I want we as a church family to do this morning is to talk about that when we do those things that God really does help us to have a clear vision going forward. Not just of who we are and not just of why we are here but also of where we are going. So over the next few minutes I invite you to take this journey with me and we're going to move quickly. We're going to talk about what God's done in 22 and what we expect God to do in 23. This sermon is going to be a little bit different. It always is the first of the year, but I think it's absolutely necessary. Some of you may be guests and you're saying, you know what? I came today. It's January 1st. I'm getting the church year off to a great start. Bradley mentioned this. You couldn't have made a better decision this morning. I can't think of a better place that you could be. And now that you've done it this morning, you've only got 51 more Sundays to go. You should absolutely be here every single Sunday. I don't, I can't figure out why anybody misses. I, and, I, and I mean that because when I'm here, there is no place else I would rather be. I'm excited to see you. The first ministry that you have is this at this church is not going on a mission trip. The first ministry you have is not even teaching Sunday school and it's not being in the choir. The first ministry you have is attendance. So if any of you are box checkers, you get to check that box this morning because you have started the year off right. So let's talk about who we are and where we are going. First of all, who we are. You're going to see some slides that are going to be moving rapidly behind us. And the first thing I want us to talk about is our mission. Our mission. What is the mission of First Baptist Summit? Our mission is leading everyday people to love Jesus and make him known. I want to be sure that everybody knows that. You can cheat because it's on the screen. If you don't already know that, you can pretend like you know it and like you've been here for a decade because we're all going to say this together. Our mission at First Baptist Summit is leading everyday people to love Jesus and make him known. That's about as simple a mission statement as one can have. Our number one goal is that we want to love Jesus. If we don't do anything else, if we don't build anything else, if we don't go anywhere else, if we don't have any other programs, if we don't have any other advancements, the one thing that we want to make sure that we do above everything else is to love Jesus. And because of our love for him, we're going to make him known. We just sang about that. I'm going to raise my hands and use my voice to do what? Glorify. We are going to glorify him with our lives. We're going to glorify him with our witness. And so we want to love Jesus and make him known. Now, Lots of places have a mission statement. Businesses, community organizations, having a mission statement. At one point, that was uh, real exciting if your organization or even your church had a mission statement. But now we know just about everybody has a mission statement. In fact, I would say if you know our mission statement, I bet there's a lot of people in here that if I were to ask you, can you name another mission statement? That you probably are involved in a company, a corporation, uh, or, or you're involved in some form of philanthropy that you know the mission of that organization as well. So I want to differentiate from just knowing the mission and knowing how we're going to accomplish the mission. And so we call that our map, our map. What is our map 
for how we are going to accomplish the mission statement that is behind us. And the map at First Baptist Summit are, is three things. Number one, worship. Number two, community. And number three, service. You see that map that is behind me. Worship, community, and service. Many of you have seen that three-tiered leaf everywhere. You see it on brochures. You see it when it comes in the mail. You even see it outside on signs. And yes, it's fine to have a brand and it's fine to have a logo, but it is more than a brand or a logo. That three-tiered leaf represents our map or how we want to achieve the mission statement. And how we want to achieve that mission statement is through worship, is through community, and is through service. And as we walk through this over the next few moments, we're going to talk about each of those worship, community, and service in more detail. But before we get there this morning, I want us to first talk about some things that I think are really important. Sometimes churches are accused of making it all about numbers and money. It's not all about numbers and money, but numbers and money do help us to understand health. They help us to understand how a church is doing in certain facets. So I want us to lay some groundwork and tell you how God's church is doing, how it is done in 2022 to help us to see what some of our real tangible goals should be for 2023. So first off, let's talk about numbers. Um, Let's talk about numbers. When you look around and and see what God is doing here, I think it is obvious from Sunday to Sunday that God is doing some amazing things here, that we are seeing God move in some incredible ways, and that thrills me. In 2022, in 2022, we had 113 additions. Of those 113 additions, 28 of them came by baptism or profession of faith. That is an incredible, incredible number that God is using our church in amazing ways that we're reaching people. Many of those 111 that have come have not just left another church to come here. They were either unchurched, weren't going to church, weren't involved in a church. And because people like you have reached out to people like them, they have connected. So numbers are huge. Not that they are everything, but it is significant when we say that 113 people have become a part of our fellowship and 28 of them have gotten saved by the power of the blood of Jesus. Praise God for that. Amen. 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 Worship attendance. We averaged 1,061 people in two worship services over the course of 2022. That means in the nine o'clock and 1030 service combined, we averaged 1,061 people on an average Sunday. Now let me help you to celebrate that number. Over the course of our nation right now, church attendance is in sharp decline. It's not just in the United States, all across Europe, church attendance is in decline. It was before COVID, but when COVID came along, it absolutely, and some of you know places, it killed places, places that never bounce back, places that still aren't opening. I, I heard on the radio this morning, I was driving in, and it was, they were having people call in their resolutions, call in, email in their resolutions. And, and one of the resolutions that a family sent in was, we're going to go back to church for the first time since COVID. I'm so thankful for you. And this is an amazing statistic. Statistics are incredible in what they paint. As of 2022, we averaged more people in worship than we did in 2019. 
2019, the year before COVID, we have now averaged more people in-house worship than before COVID. That is incredible what God has done and how God has even used something as horrific as that to bring about revival and bring people into our midst. Our high attendance Sunday, we had 2,144 was the most we have had here on a given Sunday. It is possible, and we are looking forward to that again. Uh, We're looking forward as God continues to bring people. We averaged 656 in Sunday school. That's only 20 people away from where we were pre-COVID. We had our high attendance Sunday was actually the biggest high attendance Sunday in small groups we've ever had. 850 people on one Sunday were in small groups. It can be done. The good thing about high attendance Sundays are they help us to set the bar. They help us to raise the expectation. They help us to see what we could do. And one of the things that excites me about high attendance days is because when I walk around, sure, sometimes you see people and you think, well, I've never met them before. I'm glad they're here. They must be brand new. But the overwhelming majority of those people, they're home folks. They're home folks. And so really, if we want to become a quote-unquote mega church, and I use that term lightly because that's not a goal in and of itself, I just mean by the numbers, all you'd have to do is all of you show up. We don't even have to reach anybody new. We just have to all come and make that a commitment on Sundays. That's incredible. That's fantastic. So let's talk about money for a little bit. We talked about numbers. Let's talk about money. In 2022, our budget was approximately $3.2 million. We gave over $3.2 million, and we spent less than $3.2 million. We actually were in the good so much and have been now for over five years that we were able to pay cash for some projects that I'm going to tell you about in just a little while and to pay down a debt to get us to a point where we never thought we would be where we are right now. The financial position of this church because of your stewardship and because of your faithfulness is absolutely incredible. The budget for this coming year uh, as we look towards what God is going to do is a little over $3.3 million for 2023. You see a brand new building that is attached. We owe approximately $900,000 on that. We have paid down almost $800,000 on that. So this term, you know, I'm not real creative, but, but try this one on for size. Debt free in 23. Doesn't that have a nice ring to it? The great news is we already have the money to pay it off. You just haven't given it yet. (laughs) We're going to pay it off, right? We're going to be debt-free in 23. Come on. That's why when Chris gets up here and talks about where you can give your offering, online, you can send it by mail, right? You can come by the office. You can drop it in the baskets. We try to make it as convenient as possible, right? So debt-free in 23. We're going to continue to give faithfully. We're going to talk a little bit more. I place these two things together because as we talk about stewardship, I think it's also important to talk about property. Let's talk about our property for just a moment, how the Lord has blessed us. Have any of you noticed when you pulled up on campus that brand new gorgeous basketball, outdoor basketball court we have? It's lighted, it's painted, it's fenced, it's fantastic. Completely paid for. Fantastic outdoor facility for the kids. If right now you're listening to me and you're thinking, 
he doesn't sound so good. Well, that's just because I don't sound very good. That's nothing new. But one thing you're going to see in the next two months, we're installing a brand new sound system in here. The sound system we have is 22 years old, and it's time. It's going to be new speakers, state of the art. It's going to have, it's going to be fantastic. You know the good news about that? Already paid for. Already paid for. Can't wait to see how God is going to continue to use that as well. Let's continue talking. Third floor renovations, they're, they're going on right now. They're going to be finished up uh, rather quickly. Those third floor renovations are going to give us enough Sunday school room to be able to provide children's space for the next seven to ten years. You're going to see over the next little while, you're going to see some renovations that are, that are done on the property just north of ours that the church owns. It owns the whole city block just north of ours. You're going to see some trees being removed there to create open, wide open green space to be able to have more green space, more field space to be able to use for the kids. You're going to see just south of that basketball court that I talked about, you're going to see some asphalt that's going to be going down. You're going to see a new parking lot that's going there. And one of the reasons for that, if we are going to fit as many people in this building as God wants to get in this building, we've got to be able to park them. We took up a little bit of parking when we built this new building, and we need to make up for that. So there's going to be convenient parking just on the other side of the hangar. That lot is going to be paved. And by the way, we have the money to do that as well. Amen? So let's talk about now, let's get back to that, that leaf, and let's talk first about worship. When we talk about worship, um, and, and this is, we're really talking about it in two different veins. Growing up, when I came to church, we called it Sunday school and big church. How many people ever used the word big church growing up? Big church, that was worship service, right? That, that's when you came to big church. You're in big church right now, right? One of the expectations that we have for you is that you make big church, that you make worship a priority. That being in the house of God is absolutely essential. We don't believe that you can live the Christian life as God desires you to without being in worship with other believers, corporate worship. But also, we also believe that it is important that you privately worship every day. Now, what does that look like? It's real simple. One expectation that you ought to have for 2023 is that every day you ought to read your Bible and every day you ought to pray. Let me say that again. Every day in 23, read your Bible, pray. Read your Bible, pray. Corporate worship, private worship, or individual worship. Now, when we talk about corporate worship, I mentioned to you that we're averaging almost 1,100, 1,061 to be exact, in 2022. Um, we have looked at our space and, and seen um, what the, how the averages are moving in these two worship services. When we start averaging, not when we hit, when we start averaging 1,200 people, we will start the discussion about what three services would look like. That would be three services on Sunday morning to be able to have the room, to be able to reach the people, to be able to do what God wants us to do. We're not, but about 100, not, well, not about, we're 139 people away from having that discussion. I fully believe that God can do that in 2023. I believe we're on a trajectory like we haven't been in years, and I couldn't be more excited about that. When we talk about worship, we can't talk about worship without talking about music. As you come into this worship center, I want you to know that what we do musically is intentional, that what we do here is intentional, that we believe that God needs to be glorified through music. And the way God is glorified through music is not by thinking about how, what would every person in this room like? 
The way that we come to worship is to decide what do we think that we can do excellently that will bring honor to the Lord. From the song choices that are chosen to the way that the room is set up, the reason that we have a choir. I know that many of you watch services with churches that do not have choirs. There are many praise teams that are happening right now, smaller groups of people, and people say, well, is it archaic to have a choir? No, it's excellent to have a choir. And one of the reasons that it's excellent to have a choir is many of you are excellent singers and you enjoy to serving in the choir and it is a powerful ministry and I think that there is nothing more incredible than the voices of people coming together to bring worship and glory unto God and our music ministry is absolutely essential it is essential and some of you need to become a part of that some of you need to join the choir some of you need to see what talk to Bradley and become a part of what God how God wants to use you I'm seeing some new faces we've got the greatest facility not not just in southwest Mississippi we have the greatest facility in the entire area for music for practice for rehearsal there is, it is state of the art it is big it is fantastic and so one of the goals for 23 is we built that larger than we've ever had before because we plan on filling it up and we plan on filling it up with some of you so I pray that some of you would be convinced of your need to become engaged and involved in our music ministry at First Baptist Summit. Let me talk to you a little bit about, I don't get the opportunity to do this a lot, so I want to take just a few moments to talk not only about our music ministry, but about the pulpit ministry of this church. When we say the pulpit ministry or the preaching ministry of this church, um, there are places where we hear that that there are other things that are more important than the preached word, that there are things in church that, that take the place. This is not because I am the pastor and I'm defending my own job. It's because biblically speaking, there's no reason to do anything else if the word of God is not preached. It is the bedrock for everything. And I subscribe to what I believe firmly, firmly, is the only way that the Word of God should be approached from a pulpit ministry. And that is what is called expository preaching. Some of you may not be familiar with that word, and that's okay. You don't have to know the word. Simply put, that is that we start with Scripture, and we let Scripture interpret Scripture. That we walk through Scripture together. That we preach the Bible. That we don't start with subjects. We don't start with topics. That we start with the Bible. It's one of the reasons we spent the last six months in First and Second Thessalonians. It's the reason that starting, I couldn't be, I wouldn't list next week if I were you. I don't care what you've got going on, cancel it. You ought to be here next weekend. We're going to start a brand new series. I can't wait. We're going to walk seven weeks through the life of Elijah. After we walk seven weeks through the life of Elijah, we're going to spend four short weeks going through two little bitty books of the New Testament, 2nd and 3rd John. After that, leading up to Easter on Palm Sunday and Easter, we're going to be in John's gospel as we study the power of the resurrection. And then after that, from April all the way to August, we're going to be taking a biographical look at the life of Moses. And we're going to walk through that together. I couldn't be more excited about the pulpit ministry of this church and where God's going to take us. On Wednesday nights, we're starting a brand new series. We've been walking through church history, and then we walk through the five solas. 
This coming month in January, we're starting a brand new series on Wednesday night that's going to take us through the entire year. It's called Written in Red, and we are going to study the words of Jesus from the Gospels. And I couldn't be more excited to walk through that with you. That's where we're going from the pulpit ministry of this church. So we've talked about worship. Let's talk about community. When I use the word community, what am I talking about? I'm talking about that church is meant to be done together, that we need life together, that small groups and the fellowship that they bring are absolutely essential. Um, Some people in our area, when they visit our church, they'll say, well, I'm just not used to a big church. I haven't been to a big church. And I understand that, but I really do. That's one of the reasons I always tell people, you've got to get in a small group. You've got to get in a small group. You've got to get to know a group of people. It'd be great to know everybody, but I don't know that knowing everybody's a goal. But getting to know 8, 10, 15, 20 people, that is a goal. And developing relationships with them and doing life with them as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You need friends. I need friends. We all need friends. You need that fellowship. You need to build that. One thing in 23, if you are not in a small group, that's an easy resolution. I'm going to be engaged and active in a small group before the end of January, period. It will change your life. It will absolutely change your life. We have option after option after option. You're going to church right now at 9. I assume most of you, this is the service you normally go to. This is the perfect setup. Don't tell the 1030 service what I'm about to tell you. Don't tell them. The 9 o'clock worship is actually the perfect setup because you come at 9 o'clock and you immediately leave here and go to a small group. No matter what it is you're studying, think about it right now. No matter what you were studying, you walk right out of here, you go into your small group, visit a little bit, drink a little bit of coffee, have some fun, catch up, maybe eat a donut if that's your thing. You may have given those up for New Year's, I don't know. And then you sit down and even before you go into whatever lesson you're studying, you have the privilege of being able to walk through and say, hey, what just happened in church? What's the church doing? What's God doing in it? And develop some ministries. We have small groups that happen at eight o'clock. We have them that happen at nine o'clock and we have them that happen at 10 30 so there's no excuses see you next sunday in sunday school the only way to grow our small groups is to start new groups we started two this year we have a goal of starting at least three this coming year it's the only way to grow anytime we talk about starting new groups people are like that's fine just leave us alone Listen to me. We've got to be people who are raising up leaders, people that can teach small groups and that start small groups because that's the way that we grow. We don't have 15 auditoriums for there to be Sunday school classes with 50 and 75 people. No, they're really designed to have groups between 8 and 20, and 20 being very, very large. Now, that means that some of your classes, God has blessed, 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 blessed. And one of the things as a teacher you need to be thinking about is not just how do I teach these people, but is there someone in here who God has marked that could teach, that could 
I could raise up, that I could give away and allow them to be a part of so that for the future we can continue to grow as God desires for us to grow. We also have equipping classes that take place on Wednesday nights, not just the teaching and not just choir and not children's and just children's student ministries, but we have classes that are offered on Wednesday nights. Sometimes there's always precepts classes for ladies that are offered, marriage classes, classes on raising children and money management, many things. We've got more to come, so keep your eyes out for that. Let me tell you this. If you lead a class, if you teach, thank you, thank you, thank you. It makes all the difference in the world. So we talk about our worship, we talk about our community, and then let's talk about service. Service. We serve in so many ways. When I look at what, how many people are serving in this church, in fact, if I were to say, if you serve in this church in any way, stand up right now. I'm looking around trying to find some of you that wouldn't stand up. The only reason I'm not doing that right now is because just about the whole church would stand up except for like three of you, and that'd be embarrassing. If you're not serving, serve. If you are serving, you know what I found out? Most of the people that serve this church, you don't really have to thank them a lot because they love it. You do thank them. You do tell them you appreciate it because you do. But the reason that they're doing it is because they have joy in the Lord in serving. It's the greatest thing that we can do with our salvation to pay it forward by how God has blessed us. So if you serve, thank you. One of the ways we serve is to share, and we do that through missions and evangelism. We are still recovering, trying to book trips. This past year, we had 48 people go on mission trips. Our hope is to triple that this year. We've got trips planned to Guatemala and Ecuador, Africa, Romania. We've got two to three stateside trips that we're planning, one to Jonestown right here in Mississippi. We've got missions that are happening to our community, whether it's to foster families, small group partnerships, jail ministry. We have lots of ministries that take place right here. Some of you need to pray about going. Some of you don't need to pray about going because God's already told you to go. You don't need to pray about it. You just need to go. You just need to do what God has placed on your heart to do. What am I personally doing to make First Baptist Church of Summit better for the glory of God? That's a great question to ask when it comes to service. Let's quickly talk about our children's ministry. How incredible it is to see what God's doing at this place on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights. Our 56 ministry, which is our ministry to middle school, fifth and sixth grade, is growing, is powerful. Our VBS every year is one of the most incredible outreaches that we do. Kids camp. The volunteers that we have and the people that love children at this church, it blows my mind. From Wednesday nights and Sunday schools to camps, you walk down to our nursery, it's the most beautiful, wonderful environment. People that serve, those babies are taken care of, fantastic. It is a place that people feel safe and that those children are not only, they're not just being babysat, they are being taught in the things of God, even at those young and impressionable ages. And for that, I am incredibly thankful. But let's go up in age a little bit. Let's talk about our students. Let's talk about our students at 7th through 12th grade, 7th through college. We're averaging 155 people on Wednesday nights in the hangar. 155. Our high was 203, and the goal is for our student ministry to average 200 there every Wednesday night. If I was in 10th grade, there is no place I'd be but here on Wednesday nights. 
God moves here. It's exciting. The only thing that keeps me out of there on Wednesday nights because I have to be in here with y'all. If I didn't, I would be in there with them. It's an incredible environment. You need to check it out one night. If you never walked over there, walk over there during Wednesday night and worship and just see what God's doing, how God's using Scott and Evan and the leadership team over there. What a great group that we have that, that's helping over there and being a part of that. We're so, so, so thankful. Um, we're kicking back, kicking off some D groups that are going to happen with them in 2023, where they're going to get back to the b basics and do boot camps about evangelism training and about Bible study. And there's going to be a real, real push for that in 23. I'm excited about that. We've started a brand new working with Chris. Scott and Chris have been working together to develop a mission sequence. Seventh and eighth graders are going to go every year on a one-day mission trip. Our ninth and 10th graders are going to go on a two-day mission trip to Jonestown. And then our 11th and 12th graders are going to go on a four to five day domestic mission trip every year so that we are showing them every year all through their student life that missions is for them and allowing them to be a part of that and graduating up to bigger opportunities with each year that they are in the student ministry. Now, I realize that I don't have long, so let me move quickly to talk about our media ministry, our media ministry. You have to be really nice to them because they can cut me off at any point. We don't ever hardly recognize them. Y'all see these guys behind the cameras? They don't really want y'all looking at them. That's why they serve behind the cameras. There's three of them, one, two, three. There's people in the booth, somebody changing those slides, people on the soundboard, switcher room, the media at this church is absolutely top-notch. We've never had more volunteers than we do right now, and they're fantastic. They're excited, and one of the reasons is because media ministry has never been more as important as it is right now. It's important in-house for what we experience when we are in worship, but it's also really, really important for how we reach people in a new a digital age. Right now, our church has over 4,000 Facebook followers with a page reach of almost 20,000. We have 1,200 Instagram followers. We have 350 YouTube subscribers. We're on TV at 5 o'clock on WJTV, on CBS, on Sunday mornings, and on 8.30 at 8.30 on the CW. We have a 12 o'clock radio spot on both K106, and we are 12 o'clock statewide on Super Talk Mississippi. Initially, our goal was to move 15 years ago we were talking about moving from being a town church to being a regional church. Now, because of what God has done, we're not just talking about moving from being a town church to a regional church. God's accomplished that. But we actually have the privilege now to make a national and even global impact because of how God is blessing us through the media of this church. It is so essential, and I am so thankful for how God is using that. God has done great things, and He has great things that are in store. I want you to know that, um, I'll go back, and I hadn't shared this in a long time, but I used to share this with you quite often. When God called me into ministry, one of the things that I made my prayer, God didn't have to answer this prayer, but He has, is God, I'd really appreciate it if you would allow me to pastor a place that I would want to go to if I wasn't the preacher. This is where I'd want to be. This is exactly where I'd want to be. I love this place. I absolutely love 
you. I love this church. I love what God is doing here. Now, I've given you a lot of highlights and a lot of goals. If you think and you leave here, well, this church is perfect. You are far from right on that. We've got our problems and our issues just like everybody does because, well, because you go here, right? And because I go here, because we're not perfect. But I can tell you this, if I had the option of becoming a member of this church, I would run, not walk. I would say, absolutely, I want to be a part of what God's doing there. And we want you to come. You, maybe you've been a guest with us for a long time. That'd be a great way to start the new year, to say, you know what, it starts today. There's some new commitments. But maybe it is that you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. Everything I've talked about today is important. But the reason all of those things are important is because it's our goal to love Jesus and what? Make Him known. If you don't know Jesus, 23 can really be the best year of your life because you can start it off saved, having given your life to Jesus and trusted Him, repenting of your sin. I invite you. I invite you to come to Jesus. I invite you to be a part of First Baptist Summit. And I invite every single one of you, and I'm I urge you, I compel you, I beg you. If you are a member of First Baptist Summit, if you're not going to do anything else that we talked about, would you pray for this church in 23? Would you pray for what God desires to do here? Maybe it is today that you would, even during this invitation, bow your head or bow your knee before the Lord and thank God for this church and pray for this church, pray for its protection, pray for its wisdom, pray for wisdom and understanding and leadership, pray for courage, pray for God to do what only God can do. Will you guys join me in praying that? Let's stand together. Thanks for listening to FBC Summit. We are leading everyday people to love Jesus and make Him known. For more information, visit our website, fbcsummit.org.